Welcome to the Well Community Jokes. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Have you ever seen a movie that was so good and so well done that you lost yourself entirely to what was happening on the screen? You became immersed in the narrative and the story that was happening right before your eyes. It's an incredible experience when you get those moments and you just lose yourself in the awe and the wonder. But usually when you go to a movie, it starts off as you in the movie. You're simply going to watch the movie. You're eating your popcorn and you're trying to pay attention and just kind of grasp what's going on. But then if the film is good, it starts to affect you. There starts to be this, this transition because it starts drawing you in. You begin caring about the characters. You laugh along with them. You might cry along with them. And it's no longer just you and the movie. The movie starts getting into you. And then if the movie is better than good, like if it's one of the greats, you get completely caught up in the plot. You're absorbed in what's happening. You're deeply affected by the characters and the story. And you no longer remember that you even have popcorn with you. The, the movie has somehow transported you to a place that, that seems as real as reality. It's no longer you in the movie. It's no longer the movie in you. It's just simply the movie. It's this all-consuming and overwhelming experience. And this, this experience that I'm talking about in a cinematic way is what I believe we're invited into as we continue to learn how to pray. That it starts with us and God, and then as we lean into it more, it's about God and us. We kind of fade out of focus. But then as we immerse ourselves in this experience, it just simply becomes about God. So welcome back to our series on how to pray. Thanks for continuing to journey with us through this as we look to Jesus to learn how to pray. And it's not just about growing in our knowledge of how to pray, but it's actually growing in our experience of praying and deepening our intimacy with Jesus. So I've been using Pete Gregg's book, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People, and I've been following his acronym throughout this series. And his acronym to pray is simply pray. Pause, rejoice, ask, and tonight we're going to be looking at yield. This is the final step in the dance of prayer that we've been learning. And next week, we're going to wrap up the series with amen. What does it mean? Why does it matter? Why do we say it as part of our prayers? But tonight, we're learning the final step of yielding, of surrender, yielding to God's presence and to his holiness. And much, like much of Christianity, and following Jesus, 
it's somewhat paradoxical. It's by surrendering to God that we overcome. It's by emptying ourselves that we're filled. And I believe it's by yielding our lives in prayer that our lives themselves become a prayer. So as we look at how we can yield in prayer, I want you to remember that it's about becoming your prayer. It's being overwhelmed and immersed in God. It's about Jesus transforming you from the inside out so that his kingdom will touch down on earth right where you are, your little patch of land, and that his kingdom will come down as it is in heaven. So how do we yield ourselves before God in prayer? How do we offer our bodies as living sacrifices that are holy and pleasing to God as an act of true and proper worship? Well, this is what I wanna pick up on tonight, that there are a couple of ways I'm gonna look at, and one is through contemplation, and another is through listening. So let me start by saying that contemplation does not equal silence. That's probably one of the biggest misconceptions there is. To contemplate, everything just has to be silent. And, and that's not true. Silence might be a component of it. There are times for silence and solitude. But I believe that contemplation is more than just silence. It's actually about presence. It's about being present with God. Contemplation is about slowing down, refocusing, recentering yourself around Jesus so that you become present to his presence, so that you can carry his presence with you into the other 23 hours of your day with a heightened awareness that he is with you. And not just that, but to also be aware and be reminded that he is for you, that he likes you, that he loves you, and that he wants to hear from you. That's a pretty awesome privilege that we get. Contemplation, reflection, meditation, it's all about becoming present to God's presence. It's about being consumed by God's love, enjoying his presence without having to do or say anything. It's more experiential than it is logical. And when this begins to happen, when you begin praying in real time and in the moment as you're going throughout your day, you're no longer deferring your prayers to some later time and some holier moment when you'll set aside time to pray. When you begin to pray at all times, your whole life starts to become that holier moment. So you're not just aware of God in the 10 minutes that you've set aside to pray, you're aware of God throughout your entire day. And just like the movie experience that I described at the beginning, you become immersed in what's happening in and through you and all around you. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus tells us to love God with all of our hearts, all of our souls, and all of our minds. But most of us actually only use half our minds. And here's what I mean. We only use the left hemisphere of our cerebral cortex, to be precise. 
This part of our brain is the area that's responsible for words and rational processing. And let's be honest, when we pray, it's usually words and rational processing. But I don't believe it's possible to pray continually, like Paul tells us to in 1 Thessalonians, unless we engage both halves of our brain. We need to pray consciously using words, left side, but we also need to pray subconsciously by practicing God's presence even when we're distracted or, or going about other things. And that's the right side. Anthony of the Desert described this more than 1,700 years ago, and he said, perfect prayer is not to know that you are praying. I admit this may seem a little mystical, <laughs> but again and again, the Bible describes encounters with God that are far bigger and more mysterious than our traditional expressions of prayer. And if we're going to continue to dig into scripture and look at the accounts that are recorded within scripture, then we have to admit that God is so much bigger than our little prayers. God is far beyond the boxes that we try and put him in or the 10 minute devotionals that we do. Learning how to pray is learning how to pray continually all throughout your day. And I believe that most of us actually already practice contemplation and experience God's presence way more than we probably realize. Because it's just natural. And the more you build that muscle, the more muscle memory there will be to continually pray throughout your day. But have you ever had one of those moments while you're singing, perhaps together in worship or listening to a song in your car? And it might not even be a worship song, but it, it's one of those moments where the lyrics just seem to fade away and fall to the background and time stood still and you're simply lost in wonder and adoration and praise. My most memorable experience of this was when I was at a Hillsong concert in Toronto, just before I moved to BC. So this was back in 2007. And they sang the song, The Stand. And I was standing at the backfield of the Molson Amphitheater and they sang the line, so all stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. So I'll stand, my soul, Lord, surrendered. All I am is yours. Even now, when I think back to that moment, when I hear that song, when I reflect on those words, I'm transported back in time, and I remember the moment of pure worship. It was incredible. And I believe this is part of what it means to yield ourselves before God through contemplation. Words become less necessary as prayer becomes something I'm no longer doing, but it's something I'm being in the presence of God. I believe yielding to God in prayer is a new way of being. And it's a new way of seeing. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the one who meditates on God's law day and night. 
And as we're going to see in a minute, as we get into listening, scripture plays a huge part. Pastor Rick Warren writes in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, no other habit can do more to transform your life and make you more like Jesus than daily reflections in scripture. And as another author writes, you are a mashup of what you choose to let into your life. Meaning, if you mostly contemplate your phone and what's on your phone and what you're taking in, your neural pathways will realign to reflect that reality, what you're taking in, what you're feeding yourself. I'll admit, I actually just had to remove social media again off my phone this week because it was taking over my mind. The mindless scrolling, the comparison, the, the just everything going on was just too much for me. So like last summer, I just deleted it all from my phone once again because it was starting to come out in unhealthy ways. And just like children naturally pick up the, their primary caregivers' accents and mannerisms, we too will become like Jesus as we regularly meditate on God's goodness and love. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. See, contemplation is a way of being because the more we reflect on God's glory, the more we will become like and reflect God's glory. Contemplation is a new way of being. And it's also a new way of seeing because as it changes our being, as we're transformed from the inside out, it also transforms the way we see the world. The more we see Christ in prayer, the more we'll see him everywhere. And I know that rhymes and sounds a little cheesy, but it's the truth. The more we see Christ in prayer, the more we see Christ everywhere. And what I absolutely love about this, as we pray, as we pause, rejoice, ask, yield, and continue to establish these contemplative practices, and we become present to God's presence, what I love is that the whole of life becomes an invitation to worship. Suddenly, all of life, it's not just, oh, I've set aside 10 minutes to pray, I've set aside some time to worship on the weekend, all of life becomes an invitation to worship. Yielding to God in prayer is about becoming the prayer, but it requires contemplation. It requires us starting to practice some contemplative practices. And another way to learn how to yield is by listening. You see, prayer is a conversation with God. This means like any relationship, any conversation, it requires you to talk, but it also requires you to listen. But this is where it gets challenging because you start wondering, but what do I listen to? Does God actually speak to us? Is it audible? Is it just my thoughts? It, yes, it can be all of it. Jesus says in John 10, 27, my sheep Listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So how do we do this? How do we listen to God? Well, first, 
We have to learn to recognize the voice of God. And I'll admit, this isn't always easy. This is part of the reason why we actually did a series last fall on the next right thing, which you can still find on YouTube, Facebook, or our website. But we have to begin cultivating a simple soulful practice of doing the next right thing in order to learn to discern God's voice. We take these small steps and we start testing the, God's voice and, and making sure that is this God speaking to me and we hold it against other things. Because God does speak, but we have to do the work of discerning God's voice. In his book, How to Pray, Pete Gregg includes a great little checklist for the various ways in which God speaks and has spoken to him. And I'll outline them right now. First and foremost, God speaks to us through the Bible. Jesus himself used scripture for sustenance during his 40-day fast in the wilderness and while he was being tempted by the devil. In fact, Jesus even quoted the book of Deuteronomy where it says, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. A.K.A. Scripture. The Bible. So the Bible is our primary source of revelation. It's the ultimate authority which we weigh all other words against. So even though there are different ways that God speaks to us, we continue to use scripture to help us verify these other words, to help verify these visions and dreams, to assure that they align, that these other things that we might be hearing actually hold up against scripture. But we have to be careful that we don't treat the Bible just as a textbook. And I remember having to go through this battle, especially going through Bible school and, and my various degrees, because it's easy to just go to the Bible to just get more head knowledge and fill ourselves with, with more information. But the Bible is also living and powerful and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So we shouldn't just learn from the Bible for knowledge sake, but we should also learn to listen to the Bible. Pete Gregg writes, while learning about God from the Bible requires study, listening to God through the Bible requires prayerful meditation. Or as Pastor Mark Batterson has said, scripture is God's way of initiating a conversation Prayer is our response. So try this the next time you're reading your Bible. Stop reading it for information and try praying it instead. Maybe there's a phrase or a word that jumps out to you. Start praying that to God instead. And if you want to find out more about an exercise called Lectio Divina, which is uh, practice of praying through scripture, I'm going to link a PDF in the description field for you to check out. But another way that God speaks to us is through dreams and visions. 
Acts 2.17 says, Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Scripture shows us that God speaks in many ways, including dreams and visions. He speaks in pictures and through intuition and through creation, through our consciences, through angelic visitations, and even through preaching, which surprises me time and time again. But God speaks to us through dreams and visions. And of course, these things can be highly subjective, but that's why I say we hold them against scripture. We seek wise counsel and we use common sense, which is actually the next way that I believe God speaks to us, through counsel and common sense. Proverbs 12:15 says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. This is probably one of the most underappreciated ways that God chooses to speak to us. And that's because God is speaking to us through ordinary ways, through conversations with friends, through biblical reflection, through the counsel of people we trust. And sometimes it just seems like, oh man, Chris had some great advice. Oh man, like I really like what, what Rona said. But we don't often realize that, that that can be God speaking to us through them. Some of the best advice we've been given is perhaps God speaking to us in and through others. We just fail to see it as such, which is similar to another way that God speaks to us, and that's through personal reflection. Luke 2.19 says, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Think about this. What if most of us miss the voice of God, not because it's too strange, but because it's too familiar? Sometimes God's voice comes to us as a whisper or an idea or a mental impression during a time of prayer. Perhaps you suddenly remembered something or a small detail about something you had otherwise forgotten about, or the name of someone suddenly pops into your head. But what if these aren't just random thoughts popping into your head, but actually God speaking to us? But more often than not, these things usually come to us when we've carved out a little space for reflection. So let me ask, have you created space to reflect on the voice of God, to actually listen? A few years ago, I was preparing to preach at a church on a Sunday morning, and I couldn't figure out how to bring my message together. Like, for the life of me, it just, something wasn't clicking. And after hours of trying to force something, I decided, you know what, I just need to go create some space. I'm going to go cut the lawn and ask God to help me bring this together. And as I'm cutting the lawn, I hit this massive rock, like just massive with my father-in-law's lawnmower. So Phil, sorry if you're watching this now. Uh, <laughs> but suddenly everything just clicked. In fact, hitting that rock gave me the illustration that tied it all together. It was incredible. But it was carving that space out to just sit with God and listen to him and listen to my thoughts that I was able to actually hear the voice of God and discern what he was trying to say to help me bring things together. 
Sometimes God's guidance can come disguised as an ordinary thought or event or hitting a rock with your father-in-law's lawnmower. <laughs> but this is why we need to be paying attention and creating space for personal reflection. And last but not least, we can hear God in action. That's right. We can hear God in action. Luke 11, 28 says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but most of us probably think of listening as a passive activity. We sit back, we just let it happen. But this is not the Hebrew mindset at all. Listening means yielding to whatever God tells you to do. It means surrendering. It means taking the next step. Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command. There is a direct link between obedience and revelation. Part of my testimony includes a pastor saying, if your relationship with God is stagnant, it's not moving, it's not going anywhere, go back to the last thing God asked you to do and do it. And instantly, I knew that God had asked me to go to school to prepare for youth ministry. And Pete Gregg, he writes, it's not until we have done the last thing God asked of us that we are ready to receive his next revelation. God speaks to us as we obey. Now, here's the part you might not like, though. As you're praying, as you're yielding, contemplating, listening, as you're waiting for God to answer, you might discover that you become the answer. You see, many of us like to pray for things and people. It, it, it is like, okay, let, let me pray for such and such. Let me pray for this person and for that. And we want to see our prayers answered, but we don't often realize, or perhaps we don't often want to be the answer to prayer. For example, you may be praying and you suddenly remember, oh man, my neighbor just lost their job. So you begin praying for your neighbor and you're like, you have the inside scoop because your neighbors confided in you and said like, I don't know how I'm gonna make rent next month. I don't know how I'm gonna get groceries. I don't know how I'm gonna afford my kid's uniform. Whatever it may be, these details come to mind and you're praying that God will provide for them. But what if God is speaking to you and asking you to be the answer to your prayer? And he's saying, yeah, you know the inside scoop. Now go answer your prayer. See, suddenly we're like, wait, hold up. No, no, no. I, I'm praying that you'll do something, God. And God's saying, no, I'm putting them on your mind and on your heart so that you'll do something. I believe this is part of what it looks like to go back to the last thing God asked you to do and do it. It might include you being an answer to your own prayer. Because again, it's easy for us to pray for things to happen, but this is where we need to be open to becoming the prayer, to being transformed, to yielding, and to surrendering what God is doing in and through us. Yielding is about surrender. It's about allowing your life to become the Lord's prayer so that in and through you, heaven comes down and transforms the patch of earth 
that you are currently on. So we don't just pray on earth as it is in heaven, but our prayer becomes, we become in Binbrook as it is in heaven. And that's my prayer tonight, is that you will set aside time to continue to pray and continue to yield yourself over to God. And just like those experiences of when we get caught up in, in the movie and it becomes all about the movie, my prayer tonight is that you'll get caught up in prayer. You'll get caught up in Jesus and who he is and it all becomes about him and that you will experience him in new and fresh and living ways. Set aside time to be with him to pause, to rejoice, to ask, and then to yield, to surrender yourself to his will so that heaven can touch down on earth right where you are. Let me conclude with a short prayer written by the English poet Christina Rossetti. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Grant us ears to hear, eyes to see, wills to obey, and hearts to love. Amen.